It was the first day of practice at the Matadome today for the CSUN men's program, now under the stewardship of head coach Mark Gottfried. I sat down with Alan Sinsmeister after watching the practice to discuss the prospects of the Matadors for the upcoming 2018-19 season. We do start the interview kind of midway through a little bit late because of some technical problems with the recording equipment, but you don't miss anything. It was basically just our introductions, and then we're starting where we kind of get to the assessment of the team and the practice for the upcoming season. Hopefully you'll enjoy this little interchange between myself and Dr. Z. What are some of the impressions you got from your discussions with Coach Dunlap and Coach Herrick over the summer? Well, what I got from Coach Herrick is that he still loves the bas- basketball so much. I mean, Coach Herrick is 80 years old now, and he loves basketball. He loves teaching, and that's usually the toughest part, that uh, if you're going to coach, sometimes you can be impatient and lose that ability to want to teach. You expect the players just to know but coach Herrick loves the teaching so I think uh, what he's going to bring to this Matador uh, program is a person who has a wealth of knowledge he's going to be able to impart it to these young men in a charismatic but uh, determined way and uh, he's just going to be the a mentor really I think to coach Gottfried what I get from coach Gottfried is you mentioned it in a, in a podcast he's he's kind of like a CEO he's like a the person who's in charge, who who has a good understanding of, of his company, of the business of basketball, Matador basketball, and he's going to make sure that everyone is held accountable to their responsibilities. He's going to do it in a loving, caring way, but uh, there's no doubt about it. The boss expects results, and uh, he's going to demand results. We just got through watching the first practice of the year. You got here a little early, earlier than I did to that point that you just made about coach Godfrey give give us give the audience and give the you know the matador fan base uh, some specific examples we saw today of what you're talking about. Well, I have to be traffic, ladies and gentlemen. I have to come from Carson, California. So I come a long way. So I got here really early, and I'm thinking I'm going to be alone in the gym. I'll get here. But as I was uh, headed to the gym about 45 minutes before practice time, Coach Godfrey was coming into the gym. Normally, coaches are in their office. They're getting things prepared. And then they come over to the gym maybe about 10 minutes or so prior to practice. At least that's what we've kind of seen in the past. Coach Godfrey was headed into the gym, ready to go. And as we stepped into the gym about at least 35, 40 45 minutes before practice time there were at least 10 players getting shots up being prepared to go to practice so uh, already guys understand we want to be coach Godfrey in the gym and they better come in 45 minutes ahead of time if they're going to how about during the practice during the practice I really enjoyed the brevity of drills I mean they never seem to stay on any particular drill longer than maybe uh, maybe 10 repetitions at the most but with each drill uh, they had to do it right and if they didn't do it right whether it would be um, a defensive uh, guarding the post whether it would be uh, making sure that you're in a good defensive stance with your your chest out your head up your arms wide apart all the little things that seemed like nothing they had to do repetitions and they had to do it right but uh, they didn't linger on it too long uh, so that they could keep the young players attention and then after practice what stood out to you well you know what I'm gonna say after practice there were still about 10 players staying together getting up shots led by Cameron Godfrey Cameron Godfrey decided that he wanted to get up some more shots and as he was going to uh, use uh, one of the team managers to get up shots some of the younger players followed him and the next thing you know you have basically a conga line of guys taking jump shots from the baseline the top of the key getting in work after they worked for about it seemed two and a half hours and we got a chance to talk to uh, Blair Orr, Terrell Gomez, and Jonathan Guevara tonight. I will have those posted a little bit later this week. But um, 
let's get into some of the specific players. People want to know what your impressions are, some of the newer guys. Um, Lumine Janae is going to be a pretty dynamic player in the Big West this year, I, I, I believe. I'm wondering what your observations are. I believe that too, but more importantly, Terrell Gomez believes it. Terrell Gomez had, and you, ladies and gentlemen, will hear when you listen to the podcast of Terrell's interview. He has confidence in Lamine, and he understands Lamine's strengths, and he wants to help exploit those strengths. And so Lamine is is a, the type of player who's got all the basketball skills, athleticism, and uh, he's going to play hard, I believe. Lamine just has to make sure that he does all the right things off the court so that he doesn't get in his own way. Um, one of the guys I've been impressed with, and you were ta- we were talking a little bit about him today on the session, uh, Elijah Harkless, the freshman out of Etiwanda, um, relentless on both ends of the floor. And he doesn't come out. I mean, he plays game speed in practice is what's impressed me the most. What what have been your observations about uh, Harkless? His, you can, we talk about swag. That's a new term really for confidence and, and the ability to believe in yourself. But when you watch Harkless, you know he believes in his abilities. You know he believes that I'm the best guy out on the court. You know that he believes that when the game is on, I'll be there. There's something about this young freshman that tells me that when the lights come on, he'll be at his best. He does everything hard. He does tries to do everything the right way, but he does it with a, a confidence, an external confidence that you can just see. Uh, what have been your impressions on Rocket Henderson, this transfer, the J.C. transfer, the kid from St. John Bosco? He's a Carson kid, so I know you're going to take it easy on him, but give, give me some truth. Give the audience some truth. Don't worry about me, but the audience. The truth about Rocket Henderson is that he shoots bombs. He can shoot from the di- distance. I mean, the rocket, I know why they call him Rocket, because he's launching rockets from distance. And he's got that kind of confidence. He's got it more in his offensive ability. I mean, he, he's, a, he's a talker. He's an encourager, but bottom line is he believes in his offensive ability, and you can see it when he's making shots. The players believe that he's going to make shots, and uh, and because of that, he's going to have to learn because he's a JC guy, and it's going to be a totally different ball game once the season starts. But if he ever really gets his his feet under him, so to speak, as a Division One basketball player, he's going to be impactful from the offensive end and being a guy who's just going to motivate his teammates. What was your overall impression watching how this team defends? Um, we did see a scrimmage. There was a scrimmage at the end of practice, and that was obviously one of the focal points on, on from all the coaches. You know, Mo Williams coached one team, Jeff Dunlap coached the other team, and the focus was kind of on stopping. They, they, the offenses were real simple, but they did go back and forth between a man-to-man and a zone defense. Give me some of what you observed with regard to the defense and how this team is going to play defense once the season starts. Well, it was their effort on defense. I think they made quite a few mistakes on the defensive end, making some uh, mistakes that will happen when you're trying very hard, and especially when they were in zone defense. Sometimes they didn't realize uh, uh, how to get back to shooters, and we've seen the problem with the Matador defense when shooters were left wide open. But it was not for lack of effort it was not for lack of desire energy and what really inspired me was they were talking on defense everyone was talking everyone was trying to to assist their teammate to be a better defensive player by vocalizing what they should do and and because it's so early if you got those things down the effort the talking the desire the defense is going to come because you know bottom line is you want to win a game and you know you got to get stops at some points and if you desire to play defense you will play defense some of the holdovers. Uh, oh, you know what? Let me, I want to. I want to rotate back. I got my first look a couple weeks ago at um, Darius Brown. Today was kind of your first extended look at Darius Brown in practice and in the context of a scrimmage. Is this kid going to be able to help this team this year, Alan? Yes, and I'll tell you why he'll be able to help the team. 
because he's got a high basketball IQ. He seems to pick up very quickly the instructions from the coaches, and he sees the floor very well. He understands his strengths, which I believe is you know, guarding the ball and getting people involved on the offensive end. And also, I think he understands the importance of time and score. He never seems to be rushed. So I was very impressed with his basketball IQ, his desire to guard, and his ability to work his way around the court. So I think this young freshman, I didn't know how athletic he was. I was told that he was semi-athletic, but that uh, wasn't a great athlete. But he makes up for it with basketball IQ and desire. Uh, let's go back to the holdovers from last season. Um, yeah, your first real look at Jared Perry today, and I was impressed the first time I saw him a couple weeks ago. We just didn't see him play because he was hurt. We didn't see him in practice. We didn't see him, obviously, in any games last year. Uh, give the audience some thoughts on what can Jared Perry do. Is he going to be a contributor this year? I think he will be a contributor because at six foot eight, six foot nine, he runs the floor quite well. He's a willing defender. Uh, he's not going to be the type of player who's going to shoot from the perimeter, but he looks like he can score around the basket because he's so long. Uh, I'll, I'll have to admit, ladies and gentlemen, I had a chance to talk to Coach Dunlap, and I said, you know, Coach Dunlap, I'm looking at, at uh, uh, Perry, and, and I'm not quite seeing anything that stands out to me. And uh, Coach told me, Coach Dunlap told me, look, he is going to be the type of player that's going to be impactful on all the intangibles because he's going to play hard, he's going to get to loose balls, he's going to get deflections, and he'll uh, play good interior defense. And that's what I kind of saw today. I saw a guy who understood where his strengths were, and he stayed focused on doing all the little things the right way. You know, uh, one of our favorite guys, Kaba, Mamadou Kaba, has had a limited role the last two years. Part of it, I, I think, was just his limited experience in basketball, and part of it is I think that, you know, the coaching staff, although they like his work ethic in the classroom and in practice, not quite sure how he fit in. Now he's clearly gotten better from what we've seen from last year to this year, and he got a lot better last year as well. Is he good enough now to where he can be a contributor to this team in some way, shape, or form, whether it be maybe, you know, being a rim protector or maybe just providing some depth up front? That's going to be up to Cabo because he's going to be given every opportunity at his size. Uh, I had a chance to talk to Coach Herrick earlier, and uh, he told me they want Cabo to play above the rim. And what we're seeing from Cabo now is a person who's playing with much more confidence in catching the basketball and trying to score around the basket and running the floor. And he's getting a chance to get positive reinforcement from the coaching staff. Uh, they expect Kaba to play hard, and they expect that a scholarship athlete should give them something. And because Kaba is such a smart young man, if he's expected to succeed, he's going to give it his all. But still, Kaba is new to basketball, and he's going to have to show when he's in the game that he'll make the right plays at the right time. You know, Teddy O'Ching and Michael Wu have both really distinguished themselves in these practices, even though they're just freshmen. Um, obviously, Lamine's going to be eligible this year, so there'll be some depth up front. Where does that leave Blair Orr with regard to the rotation? Is there a chance he gets into this rotation, Alan? They trust Blair Orr, the coaching staff. Blair is a senior, and he does all the things the right way. And because you can bring Blair in, and if you expect the offense to run through Blair, he's going to do it the right way. He's not going to take bad shots. He's going to set good screens. He's going to make good passes. And because of that, he might lack some of their athletic ath uh, ability, but he's going to get a chance to help this team. Now, what will happen is the young guys catch up. They might take some of Blair's minutes later on in the year because they're just younger and more athletic and, and physically gifted. But Blair Orr is going to have a chance because he's smart, because he's tough, because he understands what to do to play. And if he utilizes that time the right way, 
limiting, limiting mistakes, making open jump shots, and just being solid. He's going to get double-digit minutes, I believe. Uh, one of your favorite guys is Alex Sokol. Now, uh, we saw a little bit of a different Alex Sokol today. You know he could shoot, but today we saw him handle a little bit. He's obviously improved his handles working out with Terrell Gomez. And then he was playing some defense today, and you made this point to me that to get on the floor with this with this group, with this coaching staff, you're going to need to play a little defense. What you saw today from Alex, has he earned himself a spot on the floor? Yes, because he's six foot five, and if the Matadors decide that they understand good defensive rotation, help defense, he understands that he can be on the floor and he can be a defensive. Uh, he won't be a defensive liability, and the fact that he can make shots uh, doesn't hurt him. What Alex has to do is when he has a shot, he can't hesitate. He has to take it, and he has to make the shots that he's capable of, of making. But on the defensive end, he has to get down, get in a defensive stance, and then use his length, use his athletic ability to be disruptive and always understand where his help defense is coming from. And that will help him on the defensive end. Two of the younger guys you got a chance to watch, and I know they both impressed you, the two young bigs, um, Teddy Oching, as I mentioned, and Michael Wu, the kid from New Mexico. He's Chinese national but played high school ball in New Mexico. Um, what did you see from them over the course of the summer that was impressive? I mean, obviously Teddy Oching, a fantastic athlete, very raw, and Michael Wu, uh, not as much experience playing basketball, but he looked incredibly polished to me both inside and outside and played a little defense as well. Yeah, we'll start with Michael Wu. Uh, yes, polish is the word that uh, I think is absolutely perfect. He seems to have a good grasp and understanding of, of the fundamentals of basketball. So he does all the little things. He sets good screens. He's got a nice touch on his jumper. He uses nice head fakes to try to score around the basket. And a lot of times, uh, young folks from uh, uh, from other countries, especially maybe China, they, they maybe not uh, try to play as physical as Michael tries to play. Michael is actually a physical uh, player, and he's got some good size. So He's not afraid to use his physicality. So I think Michael is going to be helpful. I think as the season progresses that uh, he's going to be the type of guy that coaches are going to say, yep, we've got a stud. We're going to use him because he's so versatile. Teddy Ochin. Well, he's raw, but he's raw talented. He's got leaping ability. He's got foot speed. He'll play defense. He will guard you. And he has the type of encouraging, infectious attitude that gets players pumped when he's on the floor because he's just so energetic and when you have those things the coaches will have to quote unquote coach him up in other words they're gonna have to show him we want you to stay aggressive we want you to be active we want you to be athletic but you've got to stay within yourself and not try to overdo things until they're able to teach him the game of basketball step by step by step and when that happens when the basketball IQ catches up to his athletic ability, he's going to be one of the better players in the conference. Uh, you know, this first year, you're just going to see raw talent, and he's going to make some plays, and he can help this team win in spurts. Other times, he might sit because it'll, the game will be too fast for him. But believe me, once he's coached up, he's going to be a factor in the Big West, at least for a couple of years. I know your dear friend Bobby Braswell recruited him to UTEP, and he ended up here at CSUN. Did Coach Braz, who obviously was the head coach here for many years, um, did he give you any insight into 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 coach into Teddy Ching when you spoke with him? The fact that, that I use the term "coach him up" is what came from Coach Braswell. That's exactly what he said. He said that Teddy is very good. Teddy is the type player that could actually make it to the next level. If and he and Coach was talking about himself. If I was able to coach him up and make him better, Teddy Ching could get to the next level. And so I have a. a confidence that this coaching staff with a Mo Williams, with a Jeff Dunlap, with a Jim Herrick, and with a Mark Gottfried, 
they can coach him up to get him better. Um, uh, we haven't forgotten about Avery Martinez, but he's been injured. He's nursing a knee injury. We haven't seen him play. We saw Brandon Herrick play a little bit today. He's kind of been in and out with injuries too, so neither Allen or I has really gotten a good look at either one of those players. So we don't want to give any kind of assessment, just very simply because we haven't seen them play beyond just the press clippings. Did you, did you see anything from Brandon today a little bit? Yeah, I, I think we, I talked with uh, Brendan a little bit after. Brendan, pra- I'm sorry, yeah, Brendan. a little bit after the practice today because he had talked to me earlier and told me that boy, this game is fast at the college level. These, you know, the athletes are so much better. Uh, I've got to get my shot off quicker. And today, I noticed that he seemed to be doing things with a little bit more quickness, a little bit more confidence. His shot is still not falling the way that he would like for it to fall because he's a shooter, and uh, so he's still adjusting to being able to, to to make his shot on a consistent basis. But uh, I think when you have a guy who's been a a shooter all his life that never goes away at some point he'll get put in the game coaches will run plays for him to get the shots that uh, that are best for him and he'll make them you know and a guy who looked like a cosmetic addition to this team is coach Godfrey's son Cameron played at Siena and then was at NC State with coach Godfrey um, he's going to help this team you say the best almost for last uh, Cameron Godfrey is the coach's son and we all know coach's sons have to be smart They have to play as if they're the coach on the floor. They probably get yelled at more than anybody else because so much is expected of them. But Cameron Godfrey can play in this conference. He's got a body on him. He will defend. He can shoot it. He is smart as uh, any player that you're going to come around. And he is a leader. Like I told you, these young guys, after practice was all over, after about two and a half hours, he was going to get up more shots, and these young freshmen followed him. So when you have a leader like that, and he's only doing it his way, he's not doing it probably because his dad told him to, Coach Godfrey, he in his own right is a leader. And although he's not played in two years, he's going to be a little bit rusty. He's not played in a game in two years I tell you what, I have a lot of confidence that Cameron Godfrey is going to come in and he's going to be the kind of player that people will say, wow, how in the world did uh, he get missed on by some other programs? And then we got a chance to talk to him after the practice, Jonathan Guevara, who is a holdover from last year, the J.C. transfer Fairfax High, Cerritos College to CSUN. And he kind of found his role in the middle of the year last year, and the team was better for it. What's his role with this team, Alan? He's going to have to be a leader on and off the court. He, I think that his most important role is going to be in the locker room, to have these guys understand what it takes to be mentally ready day in and day out to play Division One basketball. Jonathan is kind of like a tweener. He's a point guard, but he's not truly a point guard. He'd like to be a shooting guard, but he's only six feet tall, and as a two guard, you've got to be able to really stick the jumper and be a little bit more athletic. So he can do a lot of things well, But I think the most important thing is when he gets in the game, play good defense. When he gets in the game, lead the team, make sure that they understand what they're supposed to do. But in the locker room, he's going to have to have these young guys understand how to prepare day in, day out, and how to be uh, be a good teammate because he is definitely that. He's a wonderful teammate and a great young fella. Um, To wrap up here, Alan, um, when Coach Theus got here the first year, they had that great run in the Big West Tournament, and it really tantalized the fan base and the alumni base and just the students here at CSUN. And to be candid, and, you know, you and I both hold Coach Theus in very high esteem, it just never lived up to that expectation for whatever reason you want to say, particularly the last couple of years when, the, you know, maybe not last year but the year before when the expectations were really high and the team just didn't live up to them for a variety of reasons. Um, 
they need to pack this place on November 6th. they got a Mountain West opponent, New Mexico coming in, one of the best opponents that has visited CSUN in a long time. We haven't had a road game like that probably since your good friend, Mr. Robert Braswell, was here coaching the team. Um, they need to fill the seats, but they won six games last year. Give this fan base, give the audience that's listening to us a reason to spend the money to come out here on November 6th. Well, I'm going to tell the fans what Coach Godfrey told you. I understood that he was asked a question very similar to that. And he said, candidly, this is not his first rodeo, meaning that, trust me, ladies and gentlemen, I'll get these guys prepared to play. They'll be, you'll be proud of this Matador squad. And he, he mentioned that it was going to be a team effort. He would need the fans because young guys feed off the fans. And also that he would give the fans something to cheer about and be proud of once they came out. So here would be my challenge to anybody who's listening who cares about Matador basketball. You're going to see a good team in New Mexico, a team that's going to be much more experienced than the, the Matadors. But come out and support them. You will not be disappointed because I can tell right now this is a team that's going to play the right way. They're going to play together. They're going to play hard. And they will progressively get better as the season goes on. What are your thoughts or do you have any perspective on the season? You know, Gazal, you and I have been around a long time. This is our sixth season together. So we've kind of seen it all. We've seen the transfers come in that were very talented and didn't live up to the expectation because everyone had their own agenda, in my opinion. opinion. Then we saw a team that really didn't have a whole lot of ta- talent, but they played hard every night, and we were very proud of them. It's going to be a kind of a, a in-between that where you're going to have not as much talent, but you're going to get enough talent with guys playing hard and playing together to where you will see that this is a semblance of good, solid basketball that you know will get better as time goes on. And when you're hopeful and uh, you're expectant of certain things and then those expectations are met, even if they're not in quote-unquote wins, you'll always want to support the team because the future is bright and the future is very bright. What are some things that you've observed in your couple of practices and your discussions with the coaches um, that leads you to believe that maybe things can go right this year? What, what, what are reasons that this, these fans should believe, hey, maybe we can get a couple of breaks here this season? Something was said today that uh, we hadn't heard in, in a while, and Coach Godfrey just kind of hinted to us privately, but he told the team, you guys can be a good team if you believe and you listen to us. You can be a good team. And the reason why he said that is because of the players we talked about. There's a mixture of talent, maturity, uh, basketball IQ, and a wonderful coaching staff, a coaching staff that has won a national championship. Jim Herrick and Mark Gottfried were on a team that won a national championship. They know how to coach winners. So uh, he believes that with the, the young players that he has and their abilities and their ability to coach, that it could be a good year. And I believe it too. Look, there aren't any Kendall Smiths out here. Uh, there's no really Tavion Dawson yet. But there are some young players who have the ability to play harder and better and more together. And if they do that, they might be able to get the results that we so desperately wanted from those very talented players. Yeah, I know you haven't had a chance to talk with him a great deal, but I know, you know you've been around this program a long time and you've dealt with a lot of different coaches. I know you've talked with the assistants a little bit, probably more than you've talked. But what would your assessment be thus far of, of Coach Godfrey with regard to his kind of being the steward of this CSUN ship? You know, Coach Gottfried is kind of like that old school guy who talks softly but carries a big stick. And the stick that he wields is Coach Jim Herrick. 
He lets Coach Jim Herrick get out there and run those guys and put them through drills, and they were getting tired in the drills. And Coach Herrick, maybe because, uh, as uh, Terrell said, maybe because he's older, he's 80 years old, he's got the right to speak his mind. <laughs> and I love that he said that because he looked at it like, hey, he's speaking his mind, and he's speaking the truth. And, you know, Coach Gottfried is saying, I've got good coaches. I want coaches that are better than me. He's letting his coaches coach. But he's the one in charge with the final say, with the final positive thing or final, uh, uh, you know, I'm going to get on you about not running through uh, after you get a break from a drill. I'm going to get on you if you drink water and the whole team's supposed to drink water together. And he gets on them in a way that they know we better not do that again. It's not just talk. It's not just fluff. It comes from conviction. You ready to go, AZ? You know what? I'm so ready to go. It, the, the years fly by so quick. And, and with each year, you're always hopeful. But this is a new year. This is a new opportunity for the Matador fans to get behind the program. It's, it's all new. It's fresh. I think that you're going to enjoy it. And, yeah, I'm also looking forward to working with a pro like you, Gazal, who makes each and every basketball game a story to be told. That's a lot of fun. Well, it's always fun for me to work with you. We're going to get you to use the monitor this year. That, that's my goal. We're going to get you on the monitor. It's going to be your rearview mirror. I don't need you to stare at it the whole game. Just whenever there's something you want to check the monitor, well, we'll get you on there on the live stats. But, Alan, it's a pleasure for me to be working with you again. Man, can you believe it's been six years? Uh, yes, because when your time flies, when you're having fun, and we've been having some fun. Uh, I want you to get little JB, your new grandson, out to a game. We'll get Cheyenne out to a game, too, one of these days, and uh, we'll see the whole, uh, the whole, uh, the whole grand, uh, grandchild quiver of the Zinsmeister clan out here uh, having fun. But uh, always, always great to talk hoops with you, and I, I'm excited about the season. As you should be, because I think this is going to be the season that the Ghazal Hassan gets a chance to bring out all those great sayings that you folks love to hear, but he'll get to do it uh, a few more times than he did in the past. All right. Um, first day of practice here at CSUN, Ghazal and Allen, we're signing off now, and uh, hopefully you'll enjoy this uh, little assessment that we have. And we got about we got just 35 days, I believe, till game one. Again, to reiterate, November 6th, New Mexico comes into the Matadome. You can go to the website, gomatadors.com, for ticket information and get your tickets if you don't already have them, because I know most of you probably do. And you pack the Matadome. Hopefully the student turnout will be great as well. And we'll get a chance to watch CSUN against a quality opponent here at home. And there will be a few more. You look at the schedule at gomatadors.com as well. For Alan Zinsmeister, I'm Gazal Hassan. We'll talk to you next time.